Welcome to the Shema Podcast, the podcast for the perplexed, where Torah insights intertwine through personal stories as well as interviews with leading Torah scholars demonstrate the empowering qualities of Torah and mitzvot. For more great Torah learning through Torch, the Torah Outreach Center of Houston, go to torchweb.org. Now to the show. Welcome back to the Shema Podcast and part two of Running and Returning with Rabbi Wolgelinter. How do you prepare for it? I guess just knowing that it's going to, it's going to happen. You're right. That's, that's exactly how you prepare for it is the first part of preparing for it is knowing that it's coming. It's just being aware. So we just did the scouting report. Okay, great. We got the scouting report on life. We know what's coming. Excellent. That's only stage one. You come in, you prepare during the week, your football team, get the inside look on the team. They spend hours and hours on the scouting report on what's coming up. Okay, we know they're coming. Now, how do we prepare ourselves? That's the outwards look. We know what is going to come. How do we prepare ourselves for it? There's two other ways that the rabbis describe this experience, the experience of up and down. There's two other ways that they, ex- they describe it. Let's first talk about inspiration. Then we can explore action. But let's just talk about the overall times when we're inspired and overall the times when we're not feeling that inspiration. We're not feeling that desire to grow, to connect. We're just not feeling it. It's just not going. I'm struggling. I might still be doing stuff. I might be, as they say, going through the motions, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling a connection to my tefillin. I didn't, I just davened and I didn't, don't even remember saying anything. I know that I was there. I know that I had a sitter. I know that I said something, but I don't even, I didn't connect to anything. I'm just not feeling it. I'm at home after work and I'm just not feeling, putting in the, the experience of putting in any effort to growing my relationships within my family. I'm not, I'm just not feeling it. You know, for some people, it means they haven't, I haven't called my parents in a while. I just, I'm just not feeling it. Those relationships are, there's something there's something going on. There's, I'm in a funk. Mm-hmm. I'm just in this rut. I'm in this Jewish rut. I'm in this personality rut. I don't know. It could, it could hit all different elements. How do you prepare for that? How do you, you know it's coming. You know that's part of life. So how do you prepare for it? So the rabbis say, you ever, did you ever read the vision of Yechezkel, the vision of Ezekiel, of the angels and the throne of glory in the first chapter of Ezekiel? Crazy read. Yeah, I never understood it. Never understood it. Right, exactly. Right. Good. Me too. We're on the same page. <laughs> there's one line in there that the rabbis take. There's many lines in there. It contains the secrets of everything inside of that vision that he had. Okay, yeah. Because he was seeing the depth of creation and he was seeing really the loftiest levels of creation and using those levels as a metaphor for humanity and for human, the human experience, even though those are describing angels. But what it's describing is a very high level of creation. And so the rabbis take that and say that there are lessons within that, and primarily the Zohar and authorities like that. In the Kabbalah, they look at it and they say there are examples here that we can take and apply to our condition of being human. And one of those sets of angels that's described over there, I don't even know the name. It says, these angels are Ratza Vishov. They are running and returning, and it likens them like a lightning bolt. So they're running and returning like a lightning bolt. So on a simple level, what does that mean about those angels? Is that they were going to do their mission, 
And then they would come back from the mission and they would come back and it would, everything was done fast. Everything was done like a lightning bolt, a zap in the sky. That's simple understanding. The rabbis take that and they apply it to us. And they say, we have to become experts in both of these elements. We have to become experts in the ratzah, experts in the running to do our mission. And we have to become experts in the shov, experts in the return. And the way they see that is that is exactly what we're talking about and what we're describing is what the rabbis are talking about. They're talking about this up and down experience. And they command us and they tell us and they beseech us, become an expert in the good times, but also become an expert in the times when you don't feel connected, in the shove, in the returning, in the coming back, in the times when you're not growing, when you're not taking the next step. Become an expert in that. What do you think they mean? I want to explore that with you. It's really, it's really interesting, and I don't know if I have the answer, but I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I'm thinking about it, and when I make an error, either because I was just being absent-minded or I just did not know any better, and then I find out what I was supposed to have done, I would think that what God would want me to do in that moment is, one, have remorse due to Shuva, but then get myself into a state of joy and move forward. I think that's what he would want me to do. And if that's what he would want me to do, that's what I need to perfect in that moment. Okay. What if you can't do it? What if you're like really not feeling it? I'm talking about a really bad day. You're like, you have like, you have bad days that I would be like, I wish I had those bad days. I'm talking about bad days when you're just, you, you don't even want to think about like what you're going through. You don't even want to think about having joy. Right? You, this, could be, this could be mixed in with clinical depression. It could be mixed in with just beating yourself up. It could be mixed in with all of those elements. But how are you supposed to handle that? If it's part of the human condition, it's part of who we are, up and down, up and down, that constant, constant, up and down. How are we supposed to handle it? I don't know how to turn it around. I'm lost here. I mean, in, in those moments, just that's when you become utterly dependent on God. And that's what creates a deeper connection in those moments. Because I guess you're, you're more humble in those moments. And that's what creates the environment for closeness. Yeah. A place where God can creep in. Maybe yes. make a little place for God. Yes. And you say, I can't do this on my own. Like, I am utterly lost. I don't feel anything. And I haven't in fill in the blank, however long this time period has gone, right? I don't feel anything. I don't even know how to get out of this. I am completely lost. It's that moment exactly when we say, okay, God, this one's up to you. I have Imuna. I have faith. You will help me get out of this. Send me a sign. Send me a message. Help me get out of this. Send me some joy in my life. Send me something you know what I like. You know I like it when Amazon says two days and it comes in one day. It's like that little <laughs> bonus, that just that little thing. You know what I like, right? You know I ordered that thing and it was on back order and they just emailed me. You, you know what I like, God. Just help me get out of this. So yeah, that's a extremely powerful moment to focus on Emuna and to literally throw your hands up in the air and say, I know how to get out of this. I don't know what to do. This one is bigger than me. <laughs> And therefore, it needs a power that is greater than I. I can't do this on my own. So yeah, that's an incredible place to practice. And that is, I think, what they're describing when they talk about simple faith. 
not a lot of intellect in that. You're not really thinking about, listen, God is powerful because of this, or God's able to do this. It's, not, it's nothing. This is throwing your hands up. This is God, I trust you. I got nothing else. I'm not feeling it. I haven't felt it, and I don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. So, God, I have faith in you. This is obviously you want up and down, not just down and down. So help me, get, help me find that up. Help me find that. Help me get there. And that's a, an amazing, incredible place to explore Emuna. But there's another level to that. Okay. Okay. The, the up part of us, that part of us that we remember or that experience that we remember, sometimes can lead to us beating ourselves up. And when we do that, and when we focus on the down, and we focus on Emuna, and we focus on Hashem, sometimes we'll say, yeah, but a week ago, or last month, I didn't miss one minion the whole month. Or I was like, I, I think I was pretty good about Shabbos the whole month. Or, you know what? You know what was amazing about last month? I, I was really working on being kind to my wife, and respectful, and positive, and bringing positive vibes into the house, and... It was great last month, and this month is just a train wreck. On any front, anything, anything that we are growing in and that we're focused on, and we're just a train wreck, and we can tend to beat ourselves up and say, well, yeah, I mean, Amuna's great. It's good. It's true. But, like, is that really what you're supposed to be doing? Again, that voice comes in. Loser, right? Loser, you're still a low life. Right. It's the Itzahara. It's the evil inclination. Sneaking in. And trying to convince you that this is a time when you're supposed to be doing all the observance and doing all the commandments and fulfilling all your obligations and doing all that stuff and building your relationship. That's the Itzahara. It's not allowing you to be aware that this is, that's not the time for, this is not the time for that. This is not the time for that. This is, you know, like they say, when the winter is coming, what do you do before the winter comes? You shore up the defense system. You know winter's coming. If you understand the reference, you can't go on the other side of the wall when it's winter, right? right? Yes, yes, yes. So, so you can't go on the other side of the you got to make sure that that is, you are strong and that you have all the provisions. You can't go out of your camp during winter. It's just too dangerous. You got to have all your supplies in there. But during the winter, when you're in that downtime, when you're at that time where you're struggling, it's you look around and you say, what could I grab onto? I mean, what do I have? What do we have in the storehouse, right? Right. What did we can? What, what's in the mason jars? What do we got? What did we store away? And so that's a whole nother element. We'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Going into the storehouse. Okay. Let's, we'll, let's put that on hold. Okay. But we have to be able to push away that voice that tells us at that time of down, at the time of shove, at the time of returning, meaning it's not where it's Ratza is the up. And the shove is that down, that down tick on the radar, right? When it comes down on the, on the ticker, that is the downtime. We have to p- be able to push away the evil inclination trying to sneak in and tell us, what do you mean? Last month you did this, and this month you didn't even do it once. You did it 20 times last month. That was good. That was really good, you loser. What are you doing this month? You haven't even gotten out of bed yet before 10 o'clock every day, right? You got to be able to push that voice away. You got to push it away got to push it out. Now's not the time. I'm sorry, my friend. That's, that's in the summer. That's the, right? That's in the summer. There's certain clothes that only work in the summer, right? Certain suits, right? You're not going to wear the, uh, what's it called? The blue and white? The seersucker. Seersucker, right? Yeah, right? You can't pull out the seersucker suit in the middle of the winter. There's certain <laughs> things that only work at certain times of the year. You can't pull out all that observance during the winter. 
During the downtime, you can't pull it all out. Okay, so am, am I telling you that just let it all fall apart? Just stop. Just stop. If you're not feeling it, just stop. Shabbos, stop davening. Stop Obviously. connecting. No. Stop learning. Am I telling you that? You're not sure. No, no you're not telling me that. <laughs> okay, good. Good. But where are you going with this? So what do you do? So you got to prepare. you got to make provisions for the road. Prepare yourself because we now, we've gotten two things so far, I hope. We know that it's coming. We know that there will be downtimes. Inevitably, they will come. They are part of life. It's called being alive. You're going to have times like that. Okay. We know they're coming. Number two, we understand that there's, this, is, this is who humans are. Ratza Vishov. Be an expert in growing and be an expert in the downtimes. Okay. We're learning our expertise. Okay? Let's take a step back. How do you become an expert in the good times? This is what you're describing. You're describing actually a good time. Where your struggle is, I want to know more. I don't know enough. I just want to get this basic level of understanding. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many rules. You used the example of Shabbos. There's so many rules for Shabbos. There's so many different ways of understanding how Hashem interacts with the world. There are so many of these halachas, of this Jewish law, of this understanding of why this works this way and why this works. That's the good times. And what you do during the good times is you do as much as you can. You get, you know you're going to fall. It will happen. That's life. Okay, but if we have a major, 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 going back to our graph, if we have this crazy day, a crazy day, and we're able to hit this massive peak, I mean, how bad could the sell-off and correction be? We're at the top of the world. I mean, do you realize what you're attaining as you're studying and as you're gaining in levels of observance and gaining in levels of who you are as a human being and understanding your interactions with other people, understanding your relationship with Hashem? You are building a stockpile. You are building up, really, literally, you're building up a missile defense system against these attacks. The attacks are going to come. And they're going to come in nuanced ways that you didn't think about when you built the defense system. But the taller your tower is, the more powerful your defense system is, the better you will be able to fend off this attack. They're going to come. I'm not denying that those times are going to come. And we have to remember during those times, now's not the time to build, build the systems, right? These guys sitting, clicking away at their computer, engineering a new, a new system to prevent an attack. We're like, guys, this is not the time. We're in the middle of a war. Now it's like, whatever you got, you go out there and battle with it. But that's exactly what we're doing. Build the defense system in the times of good. In those good times, stockpile. You know who taught us this? Think back to years of good and years of famine. Joseph, Joseph comes to Paro and he says, I know, you, I know what your dreams mean. Your dreams mean that the Egyptians are going to have these awesome years and then you're going to have these really bad years. Not only that, you know what's, you know what's going to be crazy about the bad years? You're, they're going to consume the good years, right? You're not even going to remember that there was ever anything good about Egypt. That's how bad it's going to get. It's like you're going to wipe, they're going to rewrite history, literally. You're going to have years where you're going to forget everything. You're, you will not remember the good times. Sounds like he's describing like the up and down of life. Right. You're going to have great times, but you're going to have really crummy times. And in those crummy times, they, you run the risk of forgetting that you even had good times. What's, what's Joseph, what does Yosef say to Paro? You stockpile. Stockpile. The- Let's build up a stockpile. Okay. And so what, what is, so is your... Uh, the analogy here that you're playing into the idea that 
what you're stockpiling is the knowledge you're acquiring in those good times that you can then revert back to, or maybe the those those moments where you have a deeper sense of amuna to pull back on that in the the dark times when you pull back. Yes, yes, both. But there's another element to it also. So number one, you're right, like you're saying. The levels of understanding that you attain during those times, I mean, how far could you crash? Like once you know that you have this eternal bond with Hashem and it can't be broken and like it's never, it's it only gets closer. You can't, you can't crack it in half. You can't break it apart. Like Hashem always loves you. Like once you know that, that's a level, right? And then you know more and more. I mean, how far, right? What's the sell-off going to look like? It's not going to be that bad. It's a little correction, a blip on the radar, really, right? right? It's a tiny little, oh, they had a small correction. No one's going to panic, right? The higher you get, the less the fall. It's okay. You came down a little bit. It corrected itself. Okay, great. Excellent. Like we talked about before, he gave you a freebie. He let you climb all the way. And then he says, now come back yourself. Okay, little correction. That's fine. It's not only in, in knowledge of Hashem or understanding of your relationship with Hashem, but it's in observance also. It comes very practical. You ever heard someone say, I think I told you this before. It bothers me when people say like, that's, that's just who I am. That's just who I am, right? People say like, I, 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 you know, I really struggle with waking up in the morning. I'm just, I'm not a morning person. And therefore, fill in the blank. I can't do meetings before 11. I don't take my kids to school. I, you know, I don't make lunches for the kids in the morning because I'm just, I'm just not a morning person. You know, I'm just not a morning guy, right? People right. say that, right? Yeah. When you're growing, what you're doing is you're changing who the person, who you are, right? You're, you're, you say, I'm not a morning person. And then a person makes a decision. They feel inspired. They feel great. And they say, you know what? I'm going to wake up in the morning before the family wakes up, before it gets crazy. I'm going to wake up in the morning. And somehow they have this superhuman power and they're able to, they set the alarm five o'clock. They go for a run. They come back six o'clock. They're ready to daven. They shower. They're ready. They're focused. It's quiet in the house. They Davin, they connect to Hashem and they're feeling it. And all of a sudden, they start to realize that my whole life I was saying I'm just not a morning person. But now I'm having this upswing, this uptrend, this uptick, and I've now started a new level of observance. In fact, this level of observance, this thing that I'm doing has changed who I am. Six months later, you ask the guy and what does he say? Oh, mornings? Best time of my day quiet. I could connect. I could dive in. I check the internet, make sure the world is still alive. Right. I, I just love it. It's, it's just clean. My head is fresh. And all of a sudden you're like talking to a different person. Well, when that person falls, what are they giving up on? They love the morning. So what started out as growth level and they're attaining new levels of observance. That's how it starts out. Right. Right. And it's a struggle. At the beginning, the guy says, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. And I heard it's great. I'm going to try it. I'm going to go to this or I'm going to go to this class or I'm going to push myself to this experience or this. I'm going to learn this book and I'm pushing myself through it. Right. Okay. But now when you fall, you don't fall so far. This is already who you are. I'm now a morning person. The guy who couldn't wake up before 10, 11, 12. Now he says, you know what? It's the best time of my day. Okay. So he falls. He might fall in other areas. But he built his defense system. He changed. Listen, the whole idea of what we're doing is to change who we are. 
to fight against the Yitzhahara, fight against the evil inclination, change who you are. So when you describe yourself and say, I'm a this person and I'm not a this person or that's just the way I am. You know what? I get very angry very quickly, right? You have people that are literally, you have 90 year olds that they say, this is something, it's been with me my whole life. I get angry very quickly. And you just want to, I mean, it's a message for ourselves. Like, what do we say about ourselves that we're just like, that's, I'm sorry, that's just who I am. So we right. engage in these experiences, we gain in our knowledge, we gain in our what we're doing, in our level of observance, in our general growth, in our growth as a person. And during the good times, you're building a defense system because you are building yourself into a completely different person. And when that person falls, those levels are still there. You get to a 90 on the morning scale, because it's our example. Not, it's not the best example. But you get to a 90 on the morning scale. You're still struggling with a 10%, but 90% you're there. Well, your correction is going to be you're going to lose 30% of the gains. Okay. So you come back down a little bit. You, when you find the time to get back up, you'll go. That'll be the time to grow again. But the correction is always, it's not going to be a full correction. It's not going to come back down to trading to zero. Going back to that analogy. Hessel's not crashing. It has corrections. You have these things. You have downtimes. Okay. So we got to understand that during the uptime is the time to prepare because the more that you can, they say the more you can hop, that means grab. The more you can hop, the more you can grab then. So that, that's the time. During the uptime is the time to prepare for the winter. It's the time to have these conversations right before the winter. That's what I was alluding to. Okay. It's the time to have these conversations is right before the winter because you got to understand in the uptime, that's when you have to prepare for it. Okay. So you're grabbing territory, you're grabbing turf, beachhead every time. You're trying to grab as much as possible, but you know you're going to end up giving some back, but you're still going to be ahead of where you were the previous cycle. That's it. Okay. That's it. You ever heard of Rabbi Mordechai Becher? No. Rabbi Mordechai Becher is a, a famous lecturer. You got to find him. Okay. Because you'll love him because everyone loves him. Not only is he a famous lecturer, that's his title is a lecturer and a Torah teacher, but he's incredibly funny, engaging, and entertaining. So you got to go find him, okay? Will do. Okay. Rabbi Mordechai Becher has a beautiful presentation of this idea, what you just said about the battle. And if you imagine, I know you've heard this idea of wherever the battlefront is, as you make advances in that battle, so you push the enemy troops back, well, everything behind you is now part of your territory. So you think of that line where the battle is taking place. As you advance and push them back, you are now taking that territory into who you are. That's exactly what we're describing. That's no longer a struggle for me. Just think about your life. Just think about the fact that for you right now, there's no question that you want to observe Shabbos. Now what your struggle is, like meaning that battleground is way behind you. But think back, hearken back to the, the first Tuesday before you made that decision. That I want to like try this Shabbos thing and think about the struggle. Think about probably the months of, or the time that you spent kind of poking at the idea. Okay, well, that was right there. That was your battleground. Your battleground was, am I even going to jump into this Shabbos thing? That's very true. I, I no longer go into Shabbos. Like, I don't think I, I can go without my iPhone for 25 hours. That's crazy. Right. Like, that doesn't go through my head Because that's in your all. territory already. That's behind <laughs> you. You're right. ba- that's not the battleground. This is what Rabbi Dessler calls it. Nikudas habechira. The point where you are making choices. And the goal in life is to constantly be raising the point where you're making choices. To eventually, you're making choices on like this crazy lofty level. 
still choices, still up and down. Never forget that. There's still a struggle. There's still a battle going on at every moment. Right. But just understand at what level are you making this? So I will point you to Rabbi Mordechai Becher. You got to go find it on the internet. The internet's a big place, but he's hiding there in the corner. And you got to go find this class on this idea of free will and free will choices by Rabbi Mordechai Becher because he does a much better job than I can ever attempt to explain and entertain you with this idea. Okay. Literally. Amazing. Excellent. Let's add two more elements to this, okay? Let's okay. add two more, two more layers to this. We've been talking about up, ta- up times and down times and that being part of life and baked into who we are. We're human. We have ups and downs. That's, that's normal. But I want to add one layer to what we were talking about earlier. And this is the layer of understanding that those down times have a different Focus. It's a different. There's a different avoda. There's a different service during those downtimes. There needs to be a different focus, and we need to be able to switch into that. But understanding that they are not a lower level of our service of Hashem, they are part and parcel of our service of Hashem. Is figuring out exactly what we're doing here together, exploring how to survive those times. So that's, I think that's, that's an important, it's important to understand that, especially when it comes to levels of observance. So you may have something that you've gained and you start doing, it hasn't completely changed you and you may fall, you may trip up, you may fall back into an old habit or an old mistake that, that one was making. That's also part of your service of Hashem is to be in that experience and to figure out how that can push you to growth it's a struggle that's that in and of itself is its own struggle is to figure out how to and that's sort of what we're exploring is how to experience those times and how to survive those times how to thrive through those down times but understanding that it's not it's not divorced from the up times it's not divorced from the connected times especially when it comes to observance And I mean, practically, people can fall and do terrible, terrible things during those times, things that they never would have imagined themselves. It could be something that they never did before. It could be something that they used to do either way. God forbid, but people can have terrible falls from where they were. And to understand that that is also part of what we're meant to be doing is that is also part of serving Hashem in that time. And we, we talked a couple ways of serving Hashem during that time. So you can hibernate. You got to go to a level of emuna. It might not be observance. It might just be trying to struggle at that moment not to observe, but struggle at that moment to be aware of Hashem. So you take it down a notch. I'm not struggling on the lofty level that I was before. That's how battle works. That front is shifting. What you hope is that it doesn't shift all the way back, right? You, you, you're constantly pushing forward. And then we have times when the front, the battle line, the battleground shifts a little bit, shifts back a little bit. Okay, you know, it's not good, but we can get through it. We can get through it. First of all, with the preparation and with knowing what to do during that time, knowing that I can connect to certain things like Emuna, I can throw my hands up and talk to Hashem and be proud that I'm actually turning to the creator of the world to help me and save me from this Like, stop for a minute and be proud of yourself, even on this little thing that you're doing. And that's how you get through those, I think. I think it's a a basic element and a basic way that we need to be focused on to be able to get through those things. Okay. Now you talk about, you mentioned that what I'm talking about 
is in terms of losing notches on your observance belt or falling into traps that maybe you used to fall into. Not you personally, but a person fell into or finding all new bear traps that are waiting for you in every situation, you know, is like just getting these things clamping on your leg and you just can't get out, right? You're just getting pulled down. That's one thing. But you were describing something about studying and in fact, the knowledge and and like Torah knowledge. And you, you have this experience where you'll learn something and then you'll find out that there's more and... Or you'll learn the basics of something, and then you'll find out there's like layers and layers and layers behind it. And it right. I was describing how I've become a Torah observant Jew over 20 times because I think I have it all figured out and I'm done. It's almost like I hesitate studying more Torah because I'm just going to learn about more things I'm doing <laughs> wrong. Good. So it's, it's, like, how, it's like, what else? <laughs> I'm scared to ask, what else? Right? Right. 100%. That's described as the constant search is all encompassed in the following word. When Abraham is told to bring up his son and offer him as a sacrifice. Craziest story ever. The 10th the test. I mean, if he passes this, he's full service of Hashem, according to many authorities. This is the 10th test, the highest, the hardest. Crazy. And he goes and starts walking with his son. And they're walking together up the mountain. And what does Yitzchak say to him? He says to him, okay, I get it. I see you have uh, some wood. I see you're going to offer a sacrifice. You have a knife. I see you have all the basic ingredients. But he says, Aye hase laola. Where is the animal that you're going to offer as a sacrifice? Aye, that word, aye, where is it? And that's the same word, aye, that Isaac uses then, that King David uses when he says, Aye mikom kivodecha. Where is the place of your honor? That we ask, there's like this search for God that King David is experiencing and wondering, where am I going to find you, God? That same word, ah, yay, ah, yay, means where, where are you? So Isaac asked it about the sacrifice, ah, yay, and King David repeats that same word in his search for God. And the rabbis tell us what's the connection is that we know that everything that happens to the forefathers is implanted in our DNA. Every story that we hear about the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, about Sarah, about Rivka, Rachel, Leah, about all, everyone who existed before us in those in the creation of the, in the times when the Jewish people were getting their DNA and getting things implanted in their DNA, we know that everything that happened to them is part of who we are. And so what Yitzchak was doing when he asked this question, he was in fact asking the same question that King David eventually asks and expresses. King David eventually says, this word aye signifies the search for Hashem. And Yitzchak was putting into our DNA that we should have a constant struggle and search to find Hashem. And we should go through our lives searching for Hashem, fixing up the way our brains work because our brains are wired to pull us away from Hashem. Our body is this thing just playing tug of war, pulling us in the wrong direction. And we're programmed like a bunch of animals to be pulled further away from Hashem. And Yitzchak is putting deep, deep inside of us this search. Ah, yay. Where is Hashem? This eternal search of the Jew. I want to find Hashem. Ah, yay. That's the search. Understand that there are different levels of this search. And the rabbis teach that in fact, when it comes to knowledge, 
and the search for more knowledge and more understanding and more eventually connection to Hashem, when it comes to that search, you start off at the bottom. You're a baby. It really starts before that, but that's for another podcast. But you start off as a baby. You don't know nothing. And you go through life. And you pick up little bits and pieces. And then you start, you may start learning. You may start engaging with the Torah, God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God, the understanding of God. And you start reading. You may start exploring. And like you described, you reach a level and you're like, I got it. I got it. I got this Shabbos thing, right? Or the holiday. You make the plans for the holiday. I got it. I rearranged my schedule. I've reached the top. And then all of a sudden, boom, you find out there's more, right? That is, that moment of finding out that there's more is actually, at that stage in your life, the highest level that you have reached. It's a level higher than what you know, right? True. What you know is what you already have. Knowing that there is more is an even higher level than that. Because a moment ago, you didn't know there was more, right? (laughs) You just found out about this water filter thing, right? (laughs) That this is a pro. Wait, so this is a problem? Like, I I was good with the cell phone and the the computer and no work and the car and, like, that whole thing I was good with. I figured out the timers for the air conditioning and the lights and all that. I was good. Right. Wait, and now you're, like, sneaking into my refrigerator and, like, pointing fingers at my water filtration? That is an even higher level. And what you're doing at that moment is really connecting to the highest level of your understanding. Now, uh, but guess what? Yeah. At the next moment after that, now that you know there is more to understand, that knowledge of knowing that there is more, <laughs> that's in the past now. Now you got to go explore more. And when you go explore and you find out more and you find out another level and you grow another level and you are amassing this knowledge and this understanding. Yeah, you bring it all in. Okay, now you stop. No, because guess what's going to happen then? You're going to reach a higher level than that, which is knowing that you don't know the next thing. Right. Rabbi Nachman says, Tachlis Hayadiyah, the highest level of yada, to know. The highest level of knowing something is Asher Lo Neda, that you do not know. When you come to the realization that there are parts that you do not know, that's the highest level of your understanding. Wait, there's another volume of this book, right? Right. That's the highest level right there. You thought there was three volumes. You got through three, and then someone's like, but wait, there's a fourth. And they pull it out, and they give it to you. Now you're holding it in your hand. Now you've reached a whole new level of knowledge. Have you explored it yet? No. But based on what you know already, you have reached the pinnacle. The pinnacle is not knowing everything. The pinnacle is knowing what I know and then finding out that there's more to know. Tachlis Hayadiyah. The highest level of knowing something is when you could say, there's more to know beyond what I know. Until you get to that point... You're amassing knowledge. You're doing great things. It happens every page of the book, right? Every page of the book, you're like, the, right? The, if it's a good author, they're like, but in the next chapter, I'm going to explain how this works. And you're like, wait, I thought it was simple. You're like, it was another chapter? Great. Excellent. Okay. Now I know that. Now I know I have another level of knowledge. The highest level of knowing something is knowing that there are things that you do not know about that thing. Now go explore those things. Go make those, that, those levels part of what you know. So when you talk about knowledge, you talk about understanding, you talk about experiencing a connection to Hashem. And every time you feel like a person's totally normal, every time a person feels like they got somewhere, then they find out there's a whole nother thing. 
is a beautiful, beautiful story. A king calls in two servants. King calls him in. The first guy, he tells him, I'm going to let you go into my palace and I'm going to let you explore. So the guy goes in and he walks through the hallway and he sees there's doors and he opens a door. He sees, oh, wow, kitchen. Okay. He opens another door. Sees a study, maybe, all right, up a meeting room, a conference room. Okay. And he sees that this hallway with tons of doors all the way down, all the way down. Beep. Time's up. You've gotten your, your awesome experience. You got your personal tour. You got to explore the, the palace. Awesome. They pull him outside. The news reporters are there waiting. And they say, what is it? What did you see? So he says, well, there's three doors when you walk into the palace. One door has a kitchen. Another door is a conference room. And the other one is a study. And they say... Wow, that's so amazing. Can you tell us anything more? He says, no, no, no. That's what was there. That's what I saw. Okay, awesome. Interview's over. The second guy, they tell him, you can go explore. And they let him in through the hallway. He walks in. He opens the door. A kitchen. He says, you know what? I want to see something. He walks through the kitchen. In the back, there's a little door. He sees this little door. He opens it up. And it looks like a, the opening of a cave. And he starts climbing in. Right, And he gets... Climbs down the cave. Now he's, he's underneath the palace. He's climbing through. And now he sees that the hallway upstairs had 30 doors, 40 doors down there. He walks downstairs. And he sees there's 500 doors in a room. The room of doors. He walks into the room of doors. He says, you know what? i got to start somewhere. He goes to the first door. He opens it up. He walks in. And he sees another room with 500 doors. This is getting crazy. It's okay. I got it. I get the picture. He walks in. He opens the next one. He opens the door. A room. 500 doors. Beep, time's up. They pull him out, bring him outside. You know what he tells them? They say, what did you see? What did you see? Tell us, tell us what you experienced. You had, you had even more time than the first guy. You must know more. He says, I have no idea what's going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I can't even begin to explain it. You know why? Because he's reached the highest level of understanding, was knowing that he is no way could even explain what he experienced. The highest level of understanding is saying, I don't know. There's more to know. There's another level. I got to keep exploring this. That's the highest level of understanding. So in knowledge of Hashem, in experiences, in observance, we got to know there is no end to what we can fill our brains with. There's no end. And when you finish, you review and you uncover other rooms with other doors that lead to other doors. And it can be daunting. I see your face. It can be overwhelming, but to understand that what's behind door number 500 in that room and behind the door, behind that door, behind that door is not for now. If I want to be able to give a report of what's in the palace, which is what happens when we get up to the, get up to Shemayim and he says, did you experience my world? Did you set aside time for studying Torah? Did you wish every day that the world would be full of the knowledge of Hashem? Did you wait for Mashiach because you knew that that was the way the world is supposed to be, full of knowledge of Hashem? So when we get up there and they ask us those questions, what they're asking us is, did you spend your life just exploring the first room? Did you go through any of the doors in the first room? That's what, the idea is not, I need to know right now. I need to know what's in the last door of the last room, door 500 of room 500 after the 500th room. You could do the math on that. What, how many doors there were in the last room? Do I need to know what's in there? No. Right now? In this first room, let me go one by one, one door by one door. I'm going to find stuff in one door. I might get, it might take me a while to find the end of that door. 
When I find the end of that hallway, of that, behind that door, behind that room, when I find the end and I know that there's more and more and more to know, that's okay. My job right now is, what's in this first room? What's here? And so when it comes to observance and the knowledge of halacha, the knowledge of halacha especially, it's never ending. But my focus needs to be, okay, what do I need to know for right now? And when I know that, and then I realize that there is more to know, I have to be proud of myself. I got to a point where all this stuff is basic. All this stuff I take for granted. This stuff is easy, like you just said. <laughs> right? I'm okay right. with all that. And now I find out another, la- another layer, another level. Okay, I'm going to go explore it. I'll get there. I'll explore it. It'll become part of me. And there'll be another layer. I'll explore it. It'll become part of me. And that's the cycle of knowledge, of understanding of Hashem. It's the same thing with the relationship. When I feel so close to Hashem, then I might feel like, wow, now I feel a million miles away. Well, that's exactly the point, is to understand that, yes, you've attained something, but continue. Continue doing it. The highest level of attaining something is understanding that there's more to attain. You get to the top, and you understand that, oh, it's not actually the top. There's another top. Excellent. That's how we started. Way back when we started this conversation, we talked about finish lines. There's no single finish line. Maybe in the end, they all even out. Are you part of bringing more awareness of Hashem and bringing more godliness into the world? Are you part of that, part of that mission? Okay. This is like we said, a global finish line. Yes. That's something that we have to do. All of humanity, all the Jewish people. Yeah. We're all part of that finish line, but I got my own personal finish line. And every time I get there, boom. Another layer. Every time I get there, boom, another finish line. It moves. First of all, you got to be proud of yourself for getting to the first finish line. That's number one. Number two is you got to understand that knowing where the finish line is, you can only find out where the finish line is, the next finish line. This is, it's act, they're actually little markers, right? Like uh, what, are, what are the downhill skiers, what do they go through? The flags, the when they have the the flags set up for them and they're wishing yeah. through these flags, right? right? I never understood that sport. It looks like they're knocking them all down. I don't understand what's going on. They're getting points. <laughs> they're getting points taken away. I never understood it. Anyways, but those flags that we're going through are actually, those are your mini finish lines. They're checkpoints, right? You put right. a quarter in and you, if you, as long as you, you put a quarter into the arcade in the racing game, mm-hmm. as long as you can get to the next checkpoint, they'll extend your time. Dude, time extended, extra 20 seconds, Right. right. That's what we're doing. We're getting to these little checkpoints, these little points of where we stop and we say, wow, great job. Awesome. I'm in first place. At checkpoint one, I was in first place on my own. The race is against myself. And, and the fight is, the battle is against the Eight Sahara, but the race is against myself. So I got to the first checkpoint. Awesome. I'm doing okay. Time extended. But that means you got to keep driving. You got to keep going. Keep going right. further. Keep going forward. And that is life. This is everything that life is about. Ups and downs, struggles, what to do during the uptime, what to do during the downtime. This is just, this is life. Prepare for it. Be aware of it and figure out how you're going to build your defense system. Attain more knowledge. When you get to the top, you'll understand, okay, this stuff I don't know. Guess what? Checkpoint, time extended. Go for it. Do the next one. Go to the next one. Rabbi, awesome. You know, that makes such sense because Torah is infinite. So if Hashem had wanted to give me all the information for everything I know up to this point 10 years ago, I would have said, no way. I don't even want to try. <laughs> I'm <out>. way <laughs> too much. But he sort of like orchestrates things for me and I assume all of us to where he gives us exactly what we can absorb, gives us sort of that encouragement that this is it. Now you got it, and you get the next level. He's like, but there's a little more. There's a little more. 
is a little more. And then you're standing in shul and this, you hear this guy behind you talk about something. You're like, seriously, that's like a thing. <laughs> like I never even heard about that. Right. But there's little messages coming in is planting little seeds. Right. Exactly right. Like you're saying it happens so often. We're not ready for something. It's held back from us. Hashem says, you're not ready for that. I'm going to do, you don't need to know about that. If I start you on day one and you hear about the water filter, it's right. not going to go well. Right? right. Exactly. Let's first get you to a level. Then you understand there's more to know. Go for it. Get the next checkpoint. And I will say when I look back, especially for my listeners, I know some of them have not begun to observe Shabbos yet. I would say that if I went back and looked at all the challenges in my observance, the probably the most difficult one was the first Shabbos where I put the car keys in the smartphone, turn it off and put it away. Nothing was more challenging than that. Now I look back on that, it was that's the best experience in the world is not having access to your car or smartphone. But I remember back then that was actually way more challenging than anything I've experienced so far. It's good to stop, I guess, and think back to those those yes, things. Yes, yes, right. yes. When we get together next time, next time we're gonna talk about Nikuda Tova. Which means good point. Good point. It means finding within yourself a nikuda tova, a good point. Sometimes we struggle with this. Sometimes we beat ourselves up. We think everything is lost and we're just low lives and we're having, it could be in the good times or the bad times. We're just like, seriously, like this is what I'm dealing with. And got to be able to find within ourselves a nikuda tova, a good positive point. And what you just brought out about Shabbos is think about how that, what that could do for inspiring your next Shabbos. You're like, that I'm no longer struggling with this. This part, keys, wallet, away, no problem. I know it's weird. You walk around without a wallet. Like whoever walks around with normal pants on and no wallet, it doesn't make sense. But like, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Think about that. Meditate on that. Be Find your good point. The thing that you do good. The thing that you are perfect in. Find it, uncover it, and enjoy it. Enjoy that experience of focusing on it. Enjoy that. That's Nakuda Tova. I think it's worthwhile to have its own own conversation about how that could help everything. Excellent, Rabbi. I love the teaser and the setup for the next episode with you. <laughs> you don't have to keep it in. We can, you can, you can figure it out. Oh, no, 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 no. You're locked in now. So that's okay. the way I like Amazing. it. Amazing. All right, Rabbi. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was not only helpful for me, but I know... I'm certain that that was helpful as well for everyone listening. So we appreciate your time, your insights, your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks once again. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Torch so they can continue to spread Torah wisdom to the world by making a donation at torchweb.org and clicking donate in the top right corner of the page. And if you would like to get in contact with our host with comments, suggestions for future topics of learning, or questions for him or his guest rabbis, you may email him at president at torchweb.org.